So I'm over the moon to announce that we've got a new sponsor. It's BDO, who are the trusted accountancy and advisory firm that you may know. BDO is the perfect partner for our podcast, as we both love to help entrepreneurs build high-value businesses, and BDO are always there to help advise people like you on how to succeed. I had the pleasure of meeting a few of the team at the Publican Awards, and I found out they were massive fans of the podcast, were obsessed with the success of our industry, and also a million miles away from the grey-suited drones that you usually deal with. To check out more about BDO and how they can help you get to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Supersonic! 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So it's early in Fitzrovia. And we're in the swanky studio today, so hopefully the sound quality will be a little better than some of the episodes lately, so I do apologise for that. But I'm hoping this is going to be, pun intended, probably the best podcast guest and episode that you've heard so far. Today I've got the pure joy of sitting down with someone very senior, very influential, very forward-thinking, very accomplished and just very nice to spend time with. And it's Liam Newton, who is the VP of Marketing for Carlsberg UK. You probably can't have missed it, but they've just embarked on this huge journey to throw out the recipe book, improve the recipe for Carlsberg Danish Pilsner, and then really exploded onto the scene with a very noticeable and attention-grabbing launch campaign. The launch campaign's really focusing on going back to its roots and actually just being human and fessing up and saying, we had a brand promise to every single person in the nation, which was that we were probably the best lager or beer in the world. And they've just said, you know what, let's cut the corporate stuff and fess up and just say, do you know what, we are not that anymore. So the guys have been really brave, really bold, working with the teams, the agencies, the Worldwide Carlsberg Group to go out with one of the bravest campaigns I think I've seen, certainly in the last five, if not ten years, which says probably not the best lager or beer in the world. So the guys have exploded onto the scene. This is the start of a huge brand realignment program, and I think you're going to really enjoy what Liam has to say. So it probably gives me the most pleasure ever to meet a new friend who is the VP of Marketing for Carlsberg UK, Liam Newton. Hi Mark, how Hello. you doing? Good <laughs> really to be here. Really good, yeah. Well, we've been chatting away already and you know, should have recorded some of that. Um, so yeah, really nice to see you. Nice on a Friday. 
to do something Lovely. like this. Yeah, yeah. Dressed down, Dane. We're all in black, like puppeteers or something. So it's all good. And uh, you made it in easy from St Albans. Absolutely. So good to be here. That was great. Um, thanks for agreeing to this. And thanks to Andrew for hooking us up um, on the PR side. He's... Uh, been busy with his retweeting of uh, every single PR hit you've been he having. He has, he has. He's been very busy over the last yeah. few weeks. <laughs> Some great success, though. You must be happy. Yeah, I mean, so far the response has been uh, has exceeded our expectations. I mean, yeah. it, we, we, it was quite a bold and brave thing to do, and there were a few moments where we're kind of, yeah. you know, you bite your nails around around it. But I think um, generally, particularly people that have seen what we're doing and have tried the new the new beer. Uh-huh. Um, and, and really understand what it is we're trying to do. There's been some great, great comments. Well, I, I mean, usually we start off with a bit of your background and all the rest of it, but I'm so excited to just talk about mm. this. You know, we've kind of just get straight into the, the yep. meat and the bun, as they say. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, Carlsberg has been super brave and relaunched its recipe and its beer. Yep. Um, yep. And then also a super brave marketing campaign that followed. So... Do you want to sort of take me back to how this happened? What was going on? I mean, the, the first thing I should probably say is this is a it's a UK specific thing that we're doing, because, which I think is even more impressive. Yeah, that you've been allowed the autonomy. But I think it's because it starts with the the beer in the UK is mm-hmm. different from the beer in other markets, right? Because the beer in the UK is a three point eight percent ABV mm-hmm. beer, because the UK market historically has been you know that's kind of standard lager area has yeah. been the big area of the market. If you go and visit and drink Carlsberg anywhere else in the world, mm-hmm. it's typically in a in a more premium ABV mm-hmm. in a premium segment. And Carlsberg outside of the UK as a brand is doing really well. Right. Um, the beer quality is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is probably the best beer in in the world, and there's no there's no issue with it. Mm-hmm. The issue with us is in the UK specifically. We kind of lost our way. Right. Um, and if you've seen some of the out of home stuff we've been doing more recently, mm-hmm. we're kind of being very honest about that. Yeah. And I think the challenge is when you're when you've got probably the best beer in the world as your iconic end line. Your and, brand and people promise. exactly yeah. people historically love the advertising. Every mm-hmm. time we do a new campaign, yeah. we get great feedback at it. But you also get these kind of comments like great ads still wouldn't drink your beer right typical things like that and when we and what's happening in that standard lager area not just for us but the whole category Mm. is we're seeing that in decline i mean one just to give you a horrible stat there's 1.6 million less people drinking standard lager today than there was five years ago okay so we're all battling that kind of trend because the world's moved on but the world of standard lager hasn't moved on yeah Frankly, you yeah, know, yeah. you go out and the the beer, the experience, the marketing sort of side of it is all pretty samey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost a bit like McDonald's versus the Better Burger, you know, category where they kind of pretty much stayed the same. You know, and they didn't do much innovation till lately. So yeah, that's right. I mean, I think McDonald's is a. I mean, it's a brand I I, I love. Oh, I think the job sure. they've done over the last sort of 10 years to sort of revitalize that brand has been outstanding yeah, but yeah. so so the UK so what we what we got to about 18 months ago was you know looking into the future what what's the future for Carlsberg in the UK mm-hmm. and and the conclusion we came to really was um if we were going to live up to probably the best mm-hmm. and and live up to the the founder that I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit maybe later yeah, around yeah, yeah. in Copenhagen our founder and Absolutely. his guardian principles and everything else that we had to start with the beer Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to, you know, the, forget about all the other marketing side of things. The key thing was, can we develop a better beer that so had all the de- the same DNA of Carlsberg, yeah. but we could then genuinely say it was the best. But, well, just thinking about oh, so many questions. I mean, so you arrived, you know, yeah. first day, and you know, sort of been taken out for lunch maybe with the team and whatever. Um, 
how long ago was that then? Uh, I joined Carlsberg about three years ago, right. almost almost to the day. And with that, when did the actual that brief come up, and where did it come from? You know, because a lot of marketers aren't allowed mm. this, you know, autonomy, and you know. Yeah, well, I think there's a few things. What when the first thing is we we had some brands in the portfolio that were doing really well, mm. like San Miguel, for example, is a brand that yes. we have um, uh, under license from uh-huh. now San Miguel. You know, it's been a real real success. Continues mm. to be a great success. We had um, other brands we brought into the portfolio. So Brooklyn Brewery, for example, right. there's a long-term partnership that Carlsberg as a company have with Brooklyn Brewery. Yeah. Um, so we, we took over the distribution rights a couple of years ago. Mm. We bought a small craft brewery in East London called London Fields Brewery. So we've been trying to uh, adapt the portfolio. Mm. We've also been trying to renovate some of our heritage brands. So te- even with Tetlis, for example, yeah. it's a brand that we haven't as a company done much with. Mm-hmm. Um, we took some of the brewing back into Leeds mm-hmm. last year and gave that, uh, you know, an overhaul, like working with a local brewery in uh, in Leeds, Leeds Brewery. Uh-huh. Um, and then at Carlsberg Export on the mother brand the I was, was... hoping you were going to say about the export as one of my favourites. Yeah, because the beer, it, Carlsberg Export always performs well as a, as a beer. Yeah. Um, but historically, it looked the same as Carlsberg on, on the shelf. So a couple of years ago, we relaunched Carlsberg Export, mm-hmm. as, you, as you're aware, which we can come back to. But our biggest, the biggest part of our business um, remains the core Carlsberg brand. Mm-hmm. And it's the name above the door. So where we got to about 18 months ago was... We have to address this head on. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't a cosmetic marketing exercise where we kind of dress it all up and, it, and that that that's the solution. As I said, this was going back to the beer. So we've been working with the brewmasters mm-hmm. in the UK and and in our group development function to to work on the beer. Yeah. And we've invested very heavily in getting the beer quality to where it needs to mm-hmm. be. But that was the start point. So it, so the whole thing about eighteen months ago was. When we were when we were kind of laying out our strategy for Carlsberg uh, in the future, and we worked very closely with the global team on that. Mm. Um, but what would have happened? Because you know, I've seen it a lot. You know, especially being a consultant as well. Like being a doctor, you're going, "This is the remedy," you know. Yeah, yeah. And then a CEO could have went, "No way." Yeah. You know, what would have happened there, or or, or what convinced the the true stakeholders to? To, to, to say okay yeah i think i think very simply Carl, carlsberg as a company um we believe that the beer quality should come first mm-hmm. you know we're not you know that's that's our primary primary drive yeah and um if you look at if you if you've been to copenhagen i don't know whether you've been to copenhagen oh, i haven't no um no. we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out we yeah. have sort that out <laughs> um but in the center of copenhagen is is our, our head office and mm-hmm. our old brewery is in in there and it's beautiful there's these elephant gates yeah you might have seen them in you know we, we even used them in the uh, the danish way ad yes we watched a couple yes, of years yes, ago so. it's be- absolutely beautiful yeah. and on on the um the brewery wall is something we call the golden words Okay. Uh, which were written by our founder, J.C. Jacobson. And it was all about, um, you know, the honourable art of brewing and taking it to a, you know, a high and honourable level. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's talking about um, the pursuit of better, the constant sort of pursuit of better. Yeah. So it was really a case of, you know, sometimes you, it's back to the future. You know, it's going back to actually our guiding principles. Yes. And that's where the whole notion of, of losing our way came from, because mm. actually those principles have been there all along. Um, Carlsberg everywhere else had been living up to those principles, yeah, yeah. but in the UK we started to sort of chase the wrong things. You know, it started to become about 
as we say, it's about the biggest rather than the best. You know, mm. we, we became we allowed ourselves almost to become the the cheapest beer on the bar or in the supermarket. Yeah. And if you're in that race to the bottom, mm. you know, the quality, you know, you're not you're not focused on quality. You're focused on on other other things. So I know someone's always got bigger pockets as well, right? So you know, if Esri's to the bottom, someone's going to outdo you. Probably. Yeah, and you know, exactly, oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I think yeah. it's it's right. And if it's a race to the bottom and that market's shrinking because yeah. 1.6 million people are, are vacating it, off, yeah. then that's just not a place you want to be. And so when it came to sort of saying where do we want to be in the future, mm. it was actually quite compelling to. to yeah. Talk about that, and, and all the stakeholders brought into it. Oh, completely, you know. And I bet the employees were fired up, though. We've got. I mean, the, I mean, the, there's the excitement in the in the business at the moment is palpable because. Uh, so we started the project about eighteen months ago. We got to a point about um, probably nine, ten months ago where all the elements were in, were in place, Ooh. and then we spent a lot of time bringing our employees, you know, along along on the journey, yeah. getting them involved customers yeah. we actually you know six months ago in september we actually took some of our customers out to copenhagen mm. and gave them a, an immersive experience of what we were going to do yeah um so there was so, was so we've we've kind of really it's been a, it's been in the planning mm. you know for, for quite a while but the employees at the moment are yeah, absolutely fired up and excited and you know even the recent thing that we did when it when it came to thinking about how do we acknowledge as carlsberg uk that we lost our way yeah um the notion of that coming from our employees rather than it coming you know initially from a traditional advertising yeah. thing was seemed a, a good thing to do yeah. so the mean tweet stuff that, that you've seen is a mm. good example of that genuinely film crew up in northampton and 15 16 people across the business in all functions from the brewery to to finance yeah. all reading things that they'd never seen before that, that people had posted yeah. over the years yeah and you're you're seeing those genuine reactions yeah. so it's uh, yeah so you know basically then you've got the product right yeah you know um in that sense um, so then, what about the communication side of things? When did those conversations start? You know, you've got the Fold 7 guys who, yep. you know, shout out to them. I think they're wonderful. And Mark's still there, right, Mark? No? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I think they're a wonderful outfit, you yep. know. So what happened with all that? Well, there's a bit, there's a bit in between because there's the, the brew was the start. Yeah. But then there was the whole, um, you know, visual identity and all those things. So even things like, gla- like glassware, because we, we know that, um, yeah. you know, people drink with their taste buds, but they also drink with their eyes mm. and full experience. So we've tried everything that we've done to act in a way that's different from standard other standard lager or even how we might have lacked, you know, acted in the past. Mm. So even putting it in a sort of stemmed glass is different from what we've done and what people yeah. would, would would expect. Yeah. You know, the whole look and feel was something that the global team had done mm-hmm. um, because that, that that's rolling out around the world and looks looks really premium and yeah. fantastic. What, so, what are the differences, Liam? Then, so you know, what what are, you know, if you had to write down the list of ten things that were the differences, what on the visual identity yeah, sort of what, side what of things? I think it's about. I mean, when you look at it, 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 Carlsberg is blessed by having this kind of really iconic logo sure. yeah. but o- over the years it's kind of slightly evolved and adapted in a, in a sort of you know a, a, perhaps a, a less elegant way so mm. what what the, what the guys at taxi who were the design agency okay. that did the original work on carlsberg export and have done the global rebrand of carlsberg yeah. again is a little bit going back to the future is they've gone back to their like that iconic um logo refresh it so all the all the colorways all of the things and the identity mm. are are not surprising, but they're doing it in a way that just feels really fresh. Yeah. It feels contemporary, feels more premium. I think uh, it, to, me. to me it looked sharper. So I, yeah. I first, you know, sort of experienced the, the new way at the, must have been the public awards, right? Mm. Is that right? Um, and the guys at Fleet Street, uh, Mark and, and that, had invited me down and, uh, and I'd caught with Andrew and all that. 
I, I was still cynical, right? yeah. you know, walking up and as I say, fanboy of export, mm-hmm. but I was mm-hmm. just a bit like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And I'd seen the rebrand stuff before. And as you say, it's like, that wasn't the right treatment for mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And, and, and then, yeah, within a few seconds, you know, the glassware stood out, the serve stood out, the staff were amazing. There was a real buzz about that stand more than others. It was yep. probably one of the busiest stands that night. Yeah. Um, and then genuinely, it was. I guess the, the thing that stood out to me was there was a bit of flavour to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Rather than that sort of blandness of that standard lager range, you know. Yep. So, yeah, I, I was there. I was like, ah, okay, right, yeah, yeah. get it. And yeah. so I think Mark Stratton was kind of really smiling because he's like, yeah, you've 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 converted. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, the beer. I mean, it, you know, we we we're still in the the world we're in, so we, you know, we're not trying to reposition Carlsberg as a sort of a. You know, uber Crafty luxury craft, craft yeah, kind yeah. of brand. You know, we we are we we're, we're in the world that we're that we're in. Mm. We just want to be the best within our competitive set. And I think when you when you take see the beer mm. before you even taste it, you know the cut from the color, from the aroma, um, bef- and the the body, mm-hmm. um, and then the the, the the sort of the taste. All of those things, you know, you you, you get the impression very quickly yeah. or, uh, that it's it's a big difference from where we were where before. And what about recipe? Uh, you, can you? tell anything about that you know um, what the hops you're using or approach or anything like that we don't t- tend to sort of talk about that and it's probably That's more funny, one for yeah. the sort of brewmasters yeah, but yeah. but the brewmasters have been really involved throughout i mean even when we did the um, all of our customer presentations mm-hmm. you know we took the brewmasters with us so well, rock stars, right? yeah no they are and, yeah. and, that, and even the fact that carlsberg in the uk had a brewmaster um, surprise people mm-hmm. because you know the, of the perception of the beer yeah. we've actually got some of the most qualified brewmasters in the world working for us in, in, even the, in the UK um, and that was really really important because we're you know we're, they could really describe and talk about the changes that we made and how they'd done it in a really powerful way mm-hmm. and um, the great thing for me was we sat down um, uh, a few weeks ago now with Pete Brown oh yeah you know who's uh, who's whose opinion we were just really keen to understand mm. with no agenda just to, just to sort of say I, I, I talked him through what we were trying to do with the brand Bavia our, uh, our brewmaster sort of talked through the brew mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know if you've seen the piece that he that he wrote about it I but, saw um, the tweet and the headline of the piece yeah. which was positive right yeah no yeah, yeah. yeah i mean he was um you know the beer is not necessarily to his taste because he's got you know a different kind yeah, of yeah. you know uh, taste pl- yeah. palette but he could see what we were doing he really valued and appreciated what we were doing yeah. um so when you when you hear when you see people in the industry like that who really know their stuff um at least understanding and appreciating what we're doing yeah. that that was a, that was a really good moment well i think it's, it's almost like you know taking it to taking your demo tape to john peel yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. Saying, you know, what do you think? You know, roughly. Yeah. Um, so no, and Pete also he, he, he's booked that pie fidelity. I mean, for the yes. for the title alone. No, exactly. He's done really well in that. Yeah, really we were cool. talking about that. Sounds great. <laughs> so you kind of did this middle bit, and you got it all sharpened up, and yep. the, I guess that's that's the brand development stage. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the brief gets written, and I guess you've kind of got. Three on the dial, eight on the dial, and yeah. sort of 11, 12 spinal tap stuff. So <laughs> it seems like you went for the, the latter, but how did that all come about? Um, I think it came about, we, we probably started on the campaign, we're thinking back, um, I would say September time, mm-hmm. um, something like that. That The first thing that we did was we, we created something that we called our manifesto film, which obviously all brands do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it was yeah. More for internal purposes. Yes, of course. 
and we spent a was lot. Was that of due time. to copyright of the music that was used? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, actually, I don't. They, they used this really uh, fantastic piece of music. I'm not even sure. It wasn't one of those kind of classic. Hey, won't go there. Tracks. No, no, no. But it was. But it was more. It was more. The, the idea with it was to try and write out longhand. Mm. Um, what what it, what is it we were trying to do? Mm-hmm. And we spent a long time. I, I kind of get a little bit anal about these things in terms sure. of, you know crafting those words and it went back and forth between fold mm. and ourselves uh, you know from a brand team perspective and then we created this this film around it which took told that story yeah. and it had a really powerful impact on on, on people internally when when you know all, all of us when we saw it you mm. know it was a little bit of a Definitely. you know a moment because it just had it kind of captured that element of the fact that we'd lost our way mm-hmm. the honesty of it we focused on the wrong things yeah. and and now we're kind of back with it all now, what we then started to do was we started to sort of show that to a few people outside of, you know, when we did the customer presentations, mm-hmm. and it had a sort of similar reaction, even mm-hmm. for people that didn't work for Carlsberg, that, you know, people really appreciated the sentiment of it, yeah. and the, the clarity of it, the honesty of it, mm-hmm. the humility of it, a little yeah, bit in that yeah. way. And actually, when we look back, when, 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 I, when I think about the work that's come out of it, um, whether it's the print work, whether it's the TV ad that you know we're, we're in, is in development at the mm. moment, a lot of it actually goes back to the sentiment that we we nailed in that in that manifesto film. So when we whenever yeah. we kind of got, not that we did get particularly lost creatively, but we developed a lot of work, yeah. we would kind of use that a little bit as our lighthouse to to go back to. Yeah. So that that was where the sentiment came from. But we had lots of um, discussion with um, with sort of global team around it, and particularly. Um, Jessica Spence, who's our global um, you know, chief commercial officer, mm-hmm. and um, she was just really encouraging about you know about pushing it and mm-hmm. you know on the on the dial, being be bold, be brave, and that was fantastic because obviously when you're working in an organisation, you know sometimes the further up you go, the, you know you're, you're you're trying to maybe turn down the bravery else, scale. Yeah. Well, actually, she was really encouraging about you know this is an opportunity to yeah. to sort of turn it up. So it's a combination of those things. And then it's been, as I say, from September onwards, lots of different creative work yeah. developed. I mean, that's one of the great things, actually, having that length of time to do it. You know, we've, it we, we developed decisions. a lot of good work. Yeah. And then you kind of go, that's good. But, you know, what are we, you know, a bit of a cliche to talk about from good to great. But how can we really make this something really special? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even then, and then we did. You know, you, you've seen some of the work that's sort of come out, yeah. um, and then it gets to the point where you have to launch it, and then you, yeah. then you've got the moment about how's this going to land with people. But that's that's a bit of the, the um, yeah. an overview of where the campaign came from. And what about the media planning side of things? Yeah. Then, so you know, how did you figure out where customers' attention was and what the mix yeah. would be, and how you split the budget and all that stuff? Yeah. So we've 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 working very closely with a sort of cross agency group. Mm-hmm. So Fold Seven have led the uh, the creative development um, initiative mm-hmm. or our media agency. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, they've been fantastic too because they've been um, very sort of data led yeah. in, in you know and really trying to push the the media thinking as well as the you know, the creative work from yeah. from fold so some of the stuff that they're doing in the way they're using data um, whether that's through even you know out of homework or mm-hmm. whether it's around you know some of the TV uh, buying has been really you know exceptional yeah. so so we've been really working as a cross functional team so fold initiative from a media point of view clifford french from a from a pr uh, perspective mm-hmm. um and regular meetings as we've kind of gone through that just to create an amazing campaign so it's been great to see that evolve and what about um the focus on digital then so 
what is there a rough split of what you've put into digital and content ex- rather than traditional? I think it was it was less about um, the budget split. I think it was more about um, you know the obvious thing to do. You know, particularly with something like this, is you know let's just launch it with the you know with the TV app with the TV app. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what the obvious thing is. I think I think there were a few things we felt that. We had a strong belief we didn't want this to be an, a typical FMCG campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all worked on brands where it's like new, improved, and, they, and they're fine. You know, that, and, that, and that, yeah. that's absolutely fine. What we were trying to get across is this sentiment that this isn't just new, improved Carlsberg. This is this is the fact that Carlsberg had a great vision. It's got a, it had a great um, you know heritage and brewing history. Yeah. We in the UK have lost our way, and we've kind of going back to that. Yeah. And so. Telling that story, just and particularly acknowledging that from Carlsberg mm-hmm. UK, you know that yeah. that honesty was something that we felt worked better, partly through digital and mm. then partly through um, you know longer form copy. And no, I, I, I think you're right. It's interesting. You know, did a podcast the other, the other week there with, with Mark Ritson, and you know, obviously he's a great fan of the the full market mix rather than just yeah. digital. And I think with this, you know, I guess you're trying to. Just tell everyone everywhere what you shout it as loud as you possibly can across wherever the people are, you know, yeah. and, and see what see what happens. So, yeah. yeah, and I, I think the, the what's worked really well. I'm really pleased with is that there's been there's been different spikes of interest mm-hmm. around different elements of it. You know, if you if we just put everything out at once, doing a traditional kind of approach, we might have had a week or so of of reaction yeah, yeah. and then your wallpaper yeah. you know you're back in the background yeah, yeah. you know when we started to put out those we started to pr- promote some of those negative tweets that people have written about us mm-hmm. um there was an element of surprise you know around that in the first few days mm-hmm. where people were going what's is this a marketing fail yeah, is it yeah. a disgruntled employee um that created some interest mm-hmm. then the mean tweet stuff has created some interest yeah. you know then the whole element of a longer form copy t- telling the story has created yeah. some interest and we haven't even done the the sort of the tv bit as well and mm. and, and i think pe- there's a lot of stuff on, on you know through social around people who've tried the beer people who are trying to you know yeah, yeah. trying to try the beer and, and that's what we wanted to do the whole thing is just trying to encourage people to try the yeah, yeah. the beer Great conversations um, you know it's all new brew hashtag and yeah. everything else so that's our main goal at the end of the day the, the marketing side of things is great, but the, the, the challenge is, can we get people to think differently about Carlsberg as a beer? That's the, yeah. the essence of what we're trying to do. And what about the haters um, in terms of your competitors yeah. um, that uh-huh. are uh, sort of having a little kick at you? So, again, it seems to be all Scottish people for some uh, reason. There you go. Um, so, I guess Tenants and, and, and Brewdog. So, it's quite a bit good thing, hasn't it, that you've got their attention? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think, you know... The, my, I think for me, when I look at our competitors, you know, they, they've got their own reasons for doing what they want to do, and yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's fine. You know, and it's not for me to, um, you know, criticise or, or comment, you know, on them. Um, you know, with the tenants thing more recently, um, we're very proud of our brewery in Northampton. I think yeah. it's one of the things, as I said, you know, our brewmasters there are, are fantastic, yeah. and they've been part of this whole development. They've been front and centre. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got nothing to be ashamed of around that, and we're yeah. proud about that. Yeah, but in principle, if people are, if people are talking about us, that's 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 I think a, yeah. a, a good thing. It's drawing attention to what to Bit what we're a doing. Compliment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And then, so I guess um, the last question on that section, I suppose, is you know the the future plan. So you've got um, the TV stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, when roughly is this? Is it? 
It will be launching the sort of third week in May. Okay. Is when the TV ad. Yeah. So we've so seen, um, it, it was shot about two or three weeks ago. We shot it over in, uh, in Copenhagen, just north of Copenhagen. Great. Um, we've, we've seen the rough edit. Uh-huh. Um, and agreed agreed that this uh-huh. week, and then we're in the process now of the whole you know grading music or yeah, post production yeah. kind of side of things. And is it like you're going to be like a ninety and a sixty and a thirty and a fifty or what, what's the sort of approach? Yeah, I mean it's so first again it's a, it's a UK specific ad. Yeah. Um, you know we call out the UK in the ad, you know specifically because. Um, Particularly, you know, if you get great ads, they're online. You know, what we don't want people to think is that the beer's changed, you know, around the world. Yeah, because, yeah. as I said, there's no need for us to do that because yeah, the beer everywhere yeah. else is, is great. So we're really careful to call that out specifically in the mm. in the film. But this will only be shown in the UK and obviously through the through digital channels. Um, we're using Mads Mikkelsen again. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we initially created that campaign, I guess, in the UK with the Carlsberg export, export relaunch yeah. where we were extolling the virtues of the Danish way. If you mm. remember him sort of cycling I through um, yeah. um, Copenhagen. Um, it was all very sort of dreamlike. Yes. Well, you know, the pure white and, you know. That kind yeah, of I mean, it was, you know? I mean, Fold7 uh, did a great job with yeah. the with the ad and um, Lindsay Woods, who I should shout, do a shout out to within the team, who's the oh, yeah. uh, director of marketing. Talk to her on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Lindsay's, Lindsay was uh, the driving force behind all the export, export work. And, you know, she's been um, leading all the work on sort of Carlsberg. So shout out to, yes. to, to, to Lindsay. Well but, but I think that, um, that that ad we were very, you know, very proud of. Ooh. And what happened after that was other markets liked the idea and, it, and it's become something that other, you know, other markets are using Mads Mikkelsen, um, you know, and they've different, different executions have been, have been created around the world. Yeah. For this one, what we tried to do in the UK is we've tried to show maybe a different side of Mads. Okay. Um, so perhaps, perhaps a sort of side of Mads that you might be more familiar with from his films. Um, okay. So it sort of starts off, it's a, you know, a bit more sort of dark and mysterious. Right. Um, it's set on this kind of eerie lake, um, and um, I mean, I can talk to you about it in sort of due course, but it's a slightly different t- tone yeah. to it. But it's the same sentiment. It's about the fact that um, you know, probably the best beer in the world, once true, but in the UK, you know, Carlsberg lost its way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've brewed a better one, and it kind of tells us a, a story around that. With Brilliant. a bit, and the nice thing about it is, it's it brings a bit of the the wit that Carlsberg advertising has always had. Mm. I think when we were, when we were looking at our tone of voice, we wanted it to be in our campaign over, overall bold and, and um, direct and honest, yep. but we wanted it to have a, a bit of wit to it because yep. Carlsberg advertising has always had that. Yep. And I think uh, this, the TV ad is a great opportunity to bring that um, really squarely back into, into play. It's good. So is there a time or can you see a time when it flips on its head again, where you're going out with a positive and saying, "Yeah, it's done. We're back." Taste tests have said, or whatever. yeah, I mean, I mean, all the brew stuff that we've done recently is all is all on the base of taste tests. Yeah. We've got all of that, all of that data where we've we've we had we've got some fantastic taste test results versus yeah. competitors that gives you the confidence to kind of go. You can genuinely say yeah. we're probably you know probably the best. So I think the idea is you know probably the best will be the campaign idea going forward yeah. we're just stepping away from it at the moment to yeah. communicate the beer change yeah. um you know and playing with that probably not the best beer in the world so we yeah, so we've yeah. changed it and sort of talking about that but yeah i mean i think you know the idea now is once the, that is established people have tried the beer mm-hmm. then we can we can co- go back to living up to that that yeah. promise is the, is the idea well i think that's the main thing and you know i'm kind of get brought up a brand guy by um robert bean i don't know if you know robert but um he's a bit of a Oh, he is a 
total brand guru and it was always about that brand promise and if there's misalignment yeah. between you know your culture your products and services or your reputation yeah then you're probably going to be in a bad spot completely you know yeah and then if carlsberg did mm. weekends i don't know whatever um is there still a place for that I mean, we don't use that. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a powerful line, and you see it it's used thing, um, isn't it? all the yeah. time. I mean, and as is probably the, probably uh, the best beer, probably in the, world. the best fish and chips in the world for yeah. the, the I mean, London I got, pub. I got yeah. a friend of mine sent me something the other the other day that he'd sort of seen um, some sort of uh, take takeaway that was using that sort of line. You know, I mean, people are using it. Uh, all the time. The if Carl, if Carlsberg did, we don't. You know, we 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 focus more on on probably yeah. as a as an expression. Um, but it, but again, you you see that all the time on social media in particular. But it's not something that we're we're using at the moment. Yeah. So what about all the other brands then? Um, so you've got you know export. Um, obviously, there's things like Elephant and all these things. Like, how does what, what's what's yeah. the portfolio in the UK and what are you doing with each of those? Really, yeah. Well, the, the, as I said, the, the focus really at the moment is on. I mean, the, on the core Carlsberg brand. Now, in the past, we've 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 what do you what do we call it? It's Carls, Carlsberg Green, Carlsberg Lager. So we've the whole notion of calling it Carlsberg Danish Pilsner and really being proud of yeah. you know even the beer the beer style around yeah. it. So the key that's that's the biggest part of our portfolio. Mm-hmm. And the key thing there is what do we do to to get that you know, uh, back, back on track yeah. export. We are continuing. I mean, we, as you know, as you, we, we launched it a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, we're pleased with the results of, of, of export, but that, you know, what we're doing with the rebrand is you'll see it roll, rolling out across all the different varieties mm-hmm. of Carlsberg. So you'll see it on export, mm-hmm. uh, on special Carlsberg, special yeah. brew, um, we're bringing that into line. Yeah. Um, telling a bit of the story. People don't know the story of Special Brew. And, uh, oh, it's such a shame, right? Because you, you, you've got things like Special Brew, and of course, being Scottish, you've got, mm. you know, tenants super and whatever. And it's just such a shame that it's got, you know, that perception around mm. it. But mm. as a marketer, I find that exciting because mm. you've got a perception to change. Which I think is great, you know. Yeah, again, it's a, it, with 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 um, with export. I'm sorry, with Special Brew, it performs really well with um, it, the extreme. So you, yes. we get a lot of very discerning, very affluent consumers yeah. who are very loyal to um, Special Brew yeah, because yeah. the beer quality, you know, is really good. Yeah. And this, the whole story of how it came came to be through with Winston Churchill and and that people don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, don't know. Kind of, yeah, have you got? Uh, do you know that story? No, or no, not? no. Well, it, it was originally created. Um, by Carlsberg for Winston Churchill. Is that right? Um, he was, um, I think, coming out to, to Copenhagen, and they and they created a, a special brew for him, and and because he liked things like cognac yeah. and they think they they created a, a beer that had those kind of notes yeah, within it. Um, so it was it was created for him, and, and throughout his life, Carlsberg would send Winston Churchill every month. Um, you know, uh, you know, a shipment of of special oh. brew. So, there's, so there's a lot of those little things that we you know we're just going to be oh, doing great. a little bit of uh, of talking about. Yeah, yeah. Beyond beyond that, I think um, there's lots of different um, uh, sub brands around the world that we're looking mm. at. Unfiltered is a is a fairly new um, launch in some parts of yeah. Europe. We've been doing a little bit with uh, with that. Is that a cousin of the Danish Pilsner, or does that stand out? On it its stands own? out on it on its yeah, own, yeah, yeah. really. And um, and then al- alcohol free is another segment of the market well, that's growing I mean, growing that's really strongly. Just going to be yeah. huge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's that's the next logical part is what's the alcohol free yeah. offering again? Yeah. Carlsberg has different uh, approaches to that around yeah. around the world. So the, what we're trying to do is think about this as an overall Carlsberg 
um, you know, revitalization. Yes. Danish Pilsners are our priority in the first instance, mm-hmm. you know, how we integrate that with export. But then yeah. we're looking at more broadly than that as the, as the, as the plan evolves. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. Maybe flipping back a little bit then to, to, to you and your experience and other things that mm. you've been up to. So um, you've got quite the CV. It's well, I've been lucky good. lucky to work on some great brands. Uh-huh. I think I think um, that's the, been the thing through my career is that is is been very fortunate to work on on great brands so I guess I started back in uh back in the day working at Nestle Roundtree in their confectionery business up in mm-hmm, York mm-hmm. and that was a great introduction to working life really because so many amazing brands in that portfolio and, and confectionery at that time was just such a big uh, vibrant category with you know there's lots of innovation and comms and everything else so it's a real opportunity from an early stage to to get real really into the detail of how do you create advertising how do you create redesigns how yeah. do you create innovation across brands like you know whether it's Kit Kat or Quality yeah. Street or Aero so it just gives you a framework and a discipline doesn't yeah. it you know and I, I didn't get that at all because I've kind of you know graduated with a pair of Mickey Mouse ears and ended up getting, picking up a couple of jobs that were a bit rock and roll but yeah I think that's a regret for me is like just not having that proper yeah you know because I think that then sets you and you've got a confidence about how you approach things and then I think people will feed off of that and then give you more autonomy. Yeah, yeah. I mean the culture there, I mean I have to say when I when I joined Nestle Roundtree and uh it was it was such a great place to work because it was crammed full of really brilliant talented people but who were also nice people as well that yeah. you actually liked. I know that sounds like yeah, a slightly they were random thing. Yeah. But you know and so you you, you would uh, it, the culture was really positive yeah. there and you learned a huge amount. You know, you learned, you learned, you know, lots of things that were good that mm-hmm. you know that you did and worked well. Um, you also learn, you know, things the hard way as well. You know, yeah, some of the stuff do. that you that you do, you sweat over, and it yeah. it doesn't quite work as well. But it was a it was a great environment to uh, to sort of you know to to sort of grow up in, and it yes. was such a big business that you would you could do the usual thing of brand manager and senior brand manager and kind of work yeah. your way up that way. So that that was a great experience. Um, I then worked in drinks, moved mm-hmm. to sort of working from confectionery into into drinks, and and probably would pick out Bacardi, Brown Foreman as as the sort of period from that era. So and where were you based there? Was that in London? In or Winchester was, was where the head office was. Oh, um, do you know? Um, uh, we just did a workshop for Fuller's lately, right. and they hosted us. Ah, there. right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, nice office actually. Yeah, yeah. really. But I mean, but I mean, the Bacardi brand. I mean, I mean the story. I mean, I I could don't I, do I, it. I no, don't no, even no. Know. I or can't. We haven't got long. I, oh, long <laughs> I, I, I I have to apologise to people about it because I, I can't oh. bore them senseless with the story. Is there a quick no one minute? No, I've not, not, not been able to do it. But just everything from the 
you know, where the origin, yeah. or where the bat comes from, yeah. all the different elements of it uh, is just, you know, in, an incredible story. So, so go and look it up on Google, we're saying. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back and do another podcast. We'll get the guys from, get the guys from Bacardi to come yeah, in yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and do that. Idea. I can put you in touch with some yeah, of the guys great, there. Yeah. But a great, uh, you know, the spirits category was such a vibrant, exciting category to work in, yeah, with, yeah. with the particularly the explosion of kind of cocktail culture yes. and London at the heart of that, you know, yeah. in terms of in the the hospitality sector, you yeah. know, whether it's bars and restaurants and everything else. So with Bacardi and Grey Goose and Bombay Sapphire Brilliant. and Bacardi had a partnership with Brown Foreman uh, in the UK. So we had brands like um, you know, Jack Daniels within the portfolio. So. That was just a real highlight, and again, a, a fantastic culture. Yep. Still a still a family owned business, mm-hmm. um, and again, great brands and great people that you you know you, you're very talented at what they do, but people you like as well. Well, I think you know when you look at it's such a nice portfolio to have because I guess you've got you know obviously JD's JD and and all that craziness, but you know Bacardi's you know fun, vibrant, exciting, explosion. Grey Goose a lot more sort of sophisticated mm-hmm. and premium mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, and then. Um, I, th- I think you know, looking at uh, Bombay Sapphire, the experiential work that yeah, they did, for example, yeah. in the distillery and the glass competition, and the, the you know, yeah, oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, it must have been a. Oh, it was yeah, it was pleasure. a real real highlight. Yeah. Absolutely, it was been, yeah. it was fantastic to to work there. And then after that, did you go to the dark side? You went <laughs> agency side. I had a couple of years, yeah, working um, for Landor uh-huh. WPP uh, branding agency. Incredible um, branding agency. Yeah. And and that that was really a great experience for me because you know when you work client side you you know you're working on a on a por- portfolio of brands in a particular category, yeah. you know when you're working agency side you know the exciting thing is you know a number of different things but to work across different categories yes um, so yeah a great you know and and obviously you know from a client point of view great to see how an agency operates you know yep. um, it's very different different operating model harder than, work. Uh, than being a client just very different yeah uh, just very different much much harder in the sense of you know it's project work so it's the new business bit is dialed up yes. to you so so that element of it is a constant pressure mm-hmm. and and that you know with the pitch process all those kind of things like that yeah which is which you don't have on the client side yeah. um the client side is, is different in the sense that you know you do the project and now take the carlsberg work as an example yeah you now we've now the, the critical bit for us is are we is it going to deliver the result yeah. and you're living with it, you know, and, and then refining it and evolving it. And, mm-hmm. and that's a different pressure, yes. but it's also an excitement. And that, and that's the bit I missed when mm-hmm. I was working agency side, because I'm, you're so used to not working on something for a period of time and then handing it over. Yeah. You're used to working it on it. And then the, the excitement for me, I mean, it's just like, it's really sad to admit, but walking past a pub and seeing somebody, you know, was in a pub oh, earlier yeah. in the week, Drinking new Carlsberg out of the new That's glass. Yeah. Um, that that kind of like juvenile sense of excitement you get, and that never goes away. I did um, that. <laughs> I worked on that. I helped on that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lovely thing. Yeah, when you see something on the on the shelf that yeah. you've worked on it, that that's the the real excitement. And then Landor to Carlsberg, correct? Yeah. And so just back to the Danish Pilsner. Are you? Gar- I always, I'm always fascinated by this, but are you guaranteed now when you have any Carlsberg, it's the new Carlsberg yes. in the UK? Yeah. So even in a news agent somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, put it this way. From the 1st of March uh-huh. was our cutoff point. Mm. So the 1st of March, everything that we, we stopped brewing the old brew we, yeah. and, we, you know, and all of the stuff that we sent out from the 1st of March yeah. 
was all new. Now, you know, inevitably, there may be a can of the old stuff. You know, you might see on, on a shelf for somewhere. thousands of pounds. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll have a look. But yeah, funny me, from the 1st of March, every, everything we've been uh, shipping out has been uh, new brew in the yeah. on-trade and the off. The big thing for, for us is in the on-trade, if you if you if you know when you get into the on trade the number of pieces of glassware mm-hmm. the number of fonts the number of um lenses you have to change over is really really Main significant um, i mean we between the 1st of march and the end of the march i think we we um shipped out about a million pieces of our new glassware so that was all in place when yeah. before the comms started um you know there are thousands and thousands and thousands of fonts that we are changing over yeah. uh, and lenses and and that's that takes a long time to do even though we kind of front weighted it yeah. so you may you may go into a bar and um you should you definitely get the new brew you'll definitely get the new glassware there may be some things like fonts and lenses that take a little bit longer as we're replacing yeah. them all yeah. just because of the length of time but yes and then we held off the comms because we didn't want to be advertising anything about no. new car, cars by Danish pilsner until shane a big light on a not bad product but an yes, older exactly. product yeah i mean i think um that's a real joy you know to be able to see that all the way through because you know i do a lot of work in the restaurant side of things and if your sales are down at some point some bright spark will go oh let's rebrand our restaurants but then they don't have the money to refit mm. Mm. the 200 restaurants so yeah. it lives on a menu and it's on the website but the thing's still called someone else. And, yes. And it looks old. And, you know, so just, I think that's almost, you've you've been part of almost the perfect brief, the perfect solution, and the the perfect project. You know, I it's, think it's, that's a yeah, blessing I, for anyone. I know exactly what you mean. It's yeah. some of those things, sometimes you work on things and you get to the thinking point yeah. and it looks great on PowerPoint. Yeah. You know, um, but obviously, and it goes on someone's desk. Exactly, and you and you bring it out two years later. And go, oh, why didn't we do? Th- yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this this has been um, as you got fired for uh, yeah, yeah lack of sales. And you're like, bah, 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 bah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the scale of this project. I mean, we had um, because it touches everything. Um, we've had twelve, thirteen work streams working on this. Yeah, you know, because we have yeah. one on the brew, we've had yeah. one on packaging. Yeah. Um, I, actually, one thing we haven't talked about is um, sustainability. So I'll come and I'll yes, talk please. about that yeah. next. So the scale of it has been uh, has been huge, but then yeah, to see it. I mean, the first time we went out as a team, mm-hmm. um, and we you know the first one of the first bars in London that had had, had the new font on the glass we put in. The excitement of us as a team just to go in there and see it yeah. and taste the beer. What in a was bar. the bar? Can you see? It was the Queen and Artichoke, um, okay. which was um, just near to well, and actually not far from here. Is it not okay. uh, near Great Portland Street Station? Oh. Um, was was absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's it's brought it his life. But just, yeah, yes. one thing we haven't just talked about, it might be interesting, um, is um, you know one of the challenges um, and one of the things that's very important for Carlsberg as a business is, is the the approach sustainability. Yeah. So we have something called Together Towards Zero, which are all of the the different things that we're trying to do. Whether it's about water use, whether it's about you know carbon, all those kind of things like that. But one of the things is around. Uh, around sort of packaging plastic yeah. and those kind of things because we've all seen the horrific you know footage of the, you know that those they're called high cones for those that don't know those kind of plastic oh, rings nice, that hold nice. the the cans together yeah yeah can you see that stuff you know? so one of the things that we've done again it's part of the relaunch is is launch something called snap pack yeah. you know these these cans it's a very clever technology where actually the gla- the, the, the the cans are glued together but what that enables us to do is to reduce our plastic usage by at least 50% mm-hmm 
So one of the things as part of the relaunch that we've done is also introduce... Uh, we've brought out some new three thirty mil size cans, Lovely. six packs yeah. that are that are that are. And it's a very clever machine that actually orientates them all the cans. So actually, you get a, a bit what we call a billboard effect, okay. where you see Carl, the Carlsberg <gasps> oh, running across does. three oh. three cans rather than them just being three individual Perfect. individual cans. So that's another thing that again, you know, it's the first time really that anybody has done anything like that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's fantastic that Carlsberg you know as, as a brand is is doing that but just just to give you an example of how the attention to detail on mm. some of the sort of packaging stuff one of one of the things that, that the team found out in the while doing the um the work on the new design is green as a color mm-hmm. is the most unenvironmentally friendly color and I, I can't tell you why but just you know in terms of the inks Use and the, ink, the, the yeah. kind of uses so one of the things they've done in this development is they've created a the most environmentally friendly green color that you can create and when you see all the new Carlsberg cans yeah. we we using that and even if you look on the back of the pack it would say the greenest green as it you know the more yeah, environmentally yeah. green so so that's, that's been, annoyingly that's, ironic as well yes, isn't it exactly. the green's the worst completely <laughs> completely but that's been the that's been that's the level of attention to detail e- even when we go back to the design those little there's there's splashes of a sort of a lighter um, yeah, fresher kind of green, which is which is coloured, colour you know linked to the the colour of the hop that we use within the. Uh, so they're just that's like just great, that's that. Stuff. That's really nice to sort of yeah. see. Uh, it gives you a lot of confidence across the whole mix. Yeah, I will. I mean, when I saw that uh, snap pack thing, I was just you know sort of blown away. And actually, so I never ever watched the one show like ever. And I managed to catch it one night, and yeah. it was being talked about on the one show. I was That's just right. absolutely amazed yeah, yeah. about the coverage it got yeah, yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah. You've been no, it's an lot. important part of it. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, it, it, there's a as you say literally every element. Yeah. Um, you know, from the brew upwards yep. has, uh, has has changed. So it's uh, working working well so far. And what about the rest of the portfolio? Then? Are you getting involved in Brooklyn, San Miguel? Yep. The, you know, and all these. Uh, who else have you got then? So you got San Miguel, Brooklyn. So we have uh, the. The, 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 we have San Miguel. Uh, we, well, we have two partnerships in the UK. One is with Mao San Miguel as a company, mm-hmm. so that we have the, the San Miguel brand and the Mao brand, which is actually the biggest brand. Have you ever been to Madrid? Is that M E M A H O U? Yeah, Iberica sell that very yes, proudly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great, a great That's that beer. Nice beer. Yeah. Um, so we work uh, with with Mao San Miguel on those two brands, and then the Brooklyn Brewery. We obviously have Brooklyn Lager, but the four four portfolios. So Had just, Defender last yes, night. Yes. So we've just that launched Defender. Lovely. And one, and one beer that I would, uh, if you haven't tried it yet, is um, something called Special Effects. So it's is a that new, the zero? It's a new, it's 0.4, 0.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a new alcohol-free beer that under name. the Brooklyn banner. And I think uh, when you taste it, I think it's a bit of a game changer for, for alcohol-free because it's, um, you know, the, the quality of it and the, the experience is quite unlike. And is it a lager or is it like an IPA or what, what is um, it? Uh, it's a, it, it's, it's a lar- it feels like a lager type of, of beer. Uh-huh. Um, um, but I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend, you know, trying that mm. because it's everyone that has tried um, special effects so far has been really blown away by mm. it. And, and, then, and then within our own brands, as I said, there's brands like Tetley's where we've, yeah. We uh, we overhauled that last year. We we create we, we we found an old recipe in the archives because one of the great things about Tetlis as a brand is um, back in the day the Tetlis family were doing all these things like IPAs and oh, East yeah. IPAs before you know craft was even a, even a thing and all those recipes still exist. So one of the things they had was an, an old brew in the archives mm-hmm. called Tetley Number no. Three, which is a kind of yeah. pale ale uh, product. 
and we got the recipe out again and, and we, we approached a small uh, brewery in Leeds called Le- Leeds Brewery uh-huh. and said, you know, would they be interested in collaborating with us on this, That's you know, trying cool. to bring this, bring this back. And um, we got, you know, really great um, coverage in Leeds. It's front oh, page news on sort of Tetley's coming yeah. coming home. And yeah. um, that's great to see. It. Again, it's a great idea, but actually seeing it through yeah. and seeing it in in the bar for the first yeah. time is really great to uh, great to see. So, yeah, they're, they're probably the key brands. And then mm. London Fields is a, is a brand that, um, you know, we're in the process of just putting a, a new microbrewery into the site and, mm. and there's a, the tap room will open again. Uh, in July, um, so that's needed a little bit of investment, but that's yeah. exciting because that's yes. a it's a great set of beers. But also, there's a local artist called Luke McLean okay. who does all the iconic iconography. So if you look at all of the um, the different brew types, they've got yeah. some really some fantastic design uh-huh. work on that, and um, he's also working with us on the tap room to Brilliant. sort of to, to bring that to life. So there's a lot of stuff um, yeah. you know going on on the portfolio, which is exciting. How are you fitting all this in? <laughs> it seems fairly busy and you seem fairly happy so I'm, I'm... <laughs> I just think it, I mean it's it's because it's I love what I you know I've I've always been lucky in loving what I do yes. I mean I, lo- I love the not the notion of of brands the idea of brands yeah, yeah. working in a category like you know the the, the beer market is exciting yeah, well, yeah. and the opportunity I mean to work on as you said something like the Carlsberg relaunch where you're you know, you you really got the opportunity to change the way people think about a brand as iconic as that yeah. it's hard not to you know, be motivated and excited by it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I feel very lucky and fortunate to be able to to be part of it. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's almost like instant legacy, right? And you know, I guess we're getting to the middle of our careers, or you know, maybe slightly on. But you know, <laughs> you do think, you know, once that final day when you're you know hopefully retiring and all that touchwood, what are you going to say that mm. you are most proud of? Mm. And you know, that feels like a big one, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You and know? I think, but as I said, it's. Um, the critical bit, really, the hard work starts now, yeah. in a way, because all of this is designed to yeah. to change the way people think uh, about Carlsberg and, and ultimately how they whether they drink more of it, yeah. um, you know, and so and choose it over other other brands. So the critical bit actually will be over the next six to nine months, yeah. um, and if it works in the way we hope it will, then w- without a shadow of a doubt, it will yeah. be such a um, you know a project to look back well on with huge with huge pride. Yeah, and early signs sales volumes and things yeah, like that yeah i mean sales we we haven't we, we haven't got any re- any really uh, robust rate of sale data yeah, yet we yeah. get that we start getting that coming through really next week so it's okay. hard it's really hard to call it we're all over that though looking at you know customer by customer how how's it doing there's also the balance though of you know Rome's not built in a day you know we've sure. got we've got a brand that um you know this notion of we lost our way we've lost our way for quite a while with Carlsberg mm. in the UK um and the campaign really has only sort of started sort of a couple of weeks ago and great early signs from a, from a campaign point of view, but too early to, to sort of call out, you know, how it's affecting people's buying uh, patterns. Yeah. Um, But yeah, early signs uh, are really, really encouraging. Good. Okay. I'm just thinking about time. I need to let you go. Um, But a couple of last questions. So what we've been doing on the podcast since it's uh, a supersonic podcast, we've been doing a little feature called Mark out of 10. So it was just quick fire questions. Yeah. So, um, best city to eat in. Best city to eat in. Oh, I I actually think it's quite difficult to beat London these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think when I think about eating in London over the last twenty years, it's it's been transformational. Yeah. And actually, when I go and visit different cities around around the world, obviously there's great restaurants and places to eat wherever you go. But I think. 
the amount of innovation in whether it's food and drink in, and, and, it, and it, as an experience yeah. in London, um, I think even against places like New York and other you know other cities like Paris, you know I think it's pretty hard to beat because yeah. there's there's so much vibrancy excitement around what's going on. So yeah. I would I would plump for London. There's a lot of density. Yeah. Um, best restaurant you've oh, ever been to? Blimey. This this week I went. I mean, I I, we went, I went to Hakkasan this week. So that's uh-huh. most most in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily best restaurant I've ever been to, but yeah. a really great experience. You mm-hmm. know, from there, from from um, the way the, the the service was fantastic, the way the soup, the food was presented yeah. was fantastic. The cocktails were were kind of spot on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just the one that I, I can is most recent in my memory. And best dish, favorite oh, thing to eat. Best dish. Uh, my favourite dish, I have to say, probably would be Indian. Uh huh. Um, so a really fantastic uh, in, Indian food would be, would still be, I think, hard yeah. for me to beat. Um, I mean, there's so much to choose from, but I think that yes. would still be my my sort of favourite. I think. So not Carlsberg, but or your portfolio um, best drink. What would be your go-to? My 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 best drink, if it wasn't Carlsberg, would be um, I have to say a Bacardi Cuba Libra. Yes, very good. Because I mean, if you make again, it comes back to that that story. But if you make that well, mm. you know, even people who don't like Bacardi and Coke, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you make it properly with the right ice, the the, the lime fresh lime juice is a critical ingredient, yep. and you get the proportions right. Yeah, um, I think that's really hard to beat as a as a drink. Simple but fantastic cocktail good one in fact yeah I'm really yeah. thinking of it one now um, and then the last thing is worst restaurant you've ever been to worst worst oh god where um, have you walked out of or just had an absolute shocker or been underwhelmed well I'll tell you where, I, where, I, where I've been underwhelmed recently given your origin was mm. on the Caledonia Sleeper going up to Scotland because <laughs> okay. we, we go up to the Highlands uh, yeah, every yeah, year yeah. love it we, we, we get on the sleeper yeah. and you go on at Easton this has all been revamped and it's a great experience oh, when you yeah, wake up yeah. you wake up in the Highlands and, and it's great and I there's something that's really romantic and about the notion of the of the, the buffet or the restaurant yes. on that train yeah, yeah. and I, I got on the train um, it's like nine o'clock you get on and I sat down and the, the experience there I have to say from a um service point of view and from a food quality point of view was just it was just heartbreaking because you just you're so wanting it to It'll to be work, the Orient so. Express or yeah so what I would say is Grant big movie. fan of the Caledonian sleeper but the, but the and I, and I think the whole you know restaurant proposition is being yeah. revamped but that was one where I just kind of it was it was uneatable yeah sorry guys not good well listen thanks so much for giving up some of your morning um that's been incredible just in terms of the information and um, I think a lot of people will get a lot of joy out of hearing all about it and give them some, I guess, give them some confidence to rethink everything and everything's on the table and up for grabs yeah. if they if they want to improve. So, Liam, thanks so much. Great to meet you. Thank thanks you. for having me. Cheers. Cheers. So there you have it. We've all been schooled. It's just great to sit in the company with a brand expert really talking from the heart about when you have the autonomy, when you have the right strategy, and when you have the enthusiasm and the energy behind you, you really can change everything about your brand and potentially the world around you. Huge thanks to Andrew Roach for putting us in touch with Liam. Huge thanks to Liam because his time is very precious for spending the time with us today. And really excitingly, he was heading off to Waterloo after the episode to actually go and sample to all the thousands of people that are going to go through Waterloo Station today, the new Danish Pilsner. 
It's really exciting to hear all about the plans, really exciting just to hear the pure innovation and humility surrounding it all. So thanks so much for that. I won't bang on about it anymore. Massive thanks to all of you for listening. Please do share this with one friend, one colleague, one relation. We really want to get the Supersonic Podcast motoring and be a regular in the top 100 in the iTunes business chart. So thank you for listening and thanks so much for all your continuous positive feedback. Huge thanks to Gaz and Gabby for all of their help in putting together the Supersonic Podcast. It's a real joy and they're such a dream team to work with, so thanks so much. A massive thanks also to BDO, our sponsors. Thanks for all of their help from the get-go and I've just really enjoyed working with them and helping promote their business through a brand new channel. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. I really hope this has brought you a ton of value, some really great ideas about innovation and also what you can do to look around your business to make sure that your brand is meeting its promise. I really hope that it's something you can take back to your business and that it will help your brand boom.